All right, we're on to the rest of the story. We are starting a sermon series called Go. And when we went uh, into January this year, before, uh, so if you just, if you really have a withdrawal, you can come at five o'clock, even if you don't have kids, it's okay. Uh, but it's really uh, designed for youth and parents. Uh, and we'll, we'll kick up there. We'll start over there officially on the first Sunday in October. So we will not be here in October. We'll be here all the way through September. But we will go there and start in October our in-person worship in their fellowship hall. Uh, I'll have a video coming to you that explains exactly where that is and how to get there. But here's the bottom line. You know this. Your words serve. If you get there, just listen. You'll hear us. We're not the quietest church on Sunday morning. All right? So that's my deal, and that's why we're going for more reasons than one. So what have we been talking about in this series, and where are we going? Last week was who me? Because when God says go, that's everybody's first reaction. Oh, you're talking to me? We all get, we all get that Northeast thing going, right? You're talking to me? Uh, today we're going to talk about grumbling. Uh, who here is a parent? You know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so wandering will be next week, and then finally miracles. So as we begin our journey, let us prepare our hearts and minds. And I'm going to try and, hey, there we go. Last week I blew that up, or last time I blew that up when I tried that. I'm getting better. So let me ask you all, uh, by, uh, I took a scientific poll last week, here's another one. How many of you have ever taken a vacation or planned a trip? Sweet, finally I'm finding things that connect with the audience, all right. So you know what it's like, you're all excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go, you've got these high hopes. You've seen the brochures, the pictures, all the kids are smiling, they never get tired or cranky, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be the best vacation ever. And you know what happens, right? Yeah, reality happens. That's what happens. Yeah. So I was trying to find out. We had a picture. We took the kids to uh, uh, Disney World years, years ago when they were all little. And I was trying to find this picture. I couldn't find it in time to scan it. But if you focus on it, it's near the end of the day. And, and we're sitting there. And my wife took the picture. So it's me and the three girls. And if you look at the kids, they're like, and I'm like, yeah. I, uh, I, if I hear it's a out of my comfort zone. But yet, I want to get out of that comfort zone. It's just a, a weird thing that happens to us. But, you know, as I, as I reflect on life, uh, a lot of times, we have those similar things in life issues, whether we take a trip or not. And here's what I'm talking about. Um, maybe it's my job. I'm in a job, and it's okay, and it's kind of paying the bills, but is there a better job? Do I want to stay in my comfort zone, or do I make the break and go for that thing? Because it could, it could end up one of two ways. It could end up like, oh, this is the best thing ever, just like the brochure said it would be. Or you could be like the Griswolds out with your wreck on the side of the road, or maybe no job. We do this with many other things in our lives. We the boat and take the chance, and maybe it gets better. Do I rock the boat and say something, and then maybe I end up on the side of the road in that relationship? your job, your, your relationships, uh, even where you live. I could move to that better place because the, the, they promised me that it would have you know, whatever it is that you're after. And then you get there and you go, uh, it's not really what I was expecting. Somehow it's not different. There's got to be a common denominator to all this that helps this process, that leads us more towards success than it does towards failure. I bet you're wondering what that is. Stay tuned. And, you can't say Jesus today, okay? No. <laughs> we'll say that later. All right. 
But here's the thing that always fascinates me about people is we talk to people and, and it's easier when you're objective and you're on the outside of that to look into a situation and you're thinking, but you gotta move, you gotta go. But here's what fascinates me about human nature and I know this of myself. I will choose a known hell over an uncertain heaven. Have you ever been there? Like, I know this is terrible, but it's what I know. I'm comfortable, I'm, I'm familiar with this. Now, lest you think you're alone in this, uh, I've just told you I'm, I'm not only a member of the club, I think I'm the president. Um, but we're not alone either because our story today in this story of Exodus, when we talk about going, we see a people who have been promised freedom. It's 10 through 14. So I got to get all my, I feel like a drummer. I got all these parts moving. This is so cool. Woo. And as they uh, are escaping, this is uh, off of Pharaoh's Facebook from back then. They had this uh, change of heart, right? So the Israelites have gained their freedom. Moses is leading them out away from Egypt towards the promised land. They get their backs up against the Red Sea, right? So these thousands and thousands of people have no place to go. They're backed up against the sea, and this is what they see coming at them. This is no joke. This is the, the crack army. This is 600 chariots of Pharaoh's army. That would be like... Us facing the 3rd Armored Division today with the Bradley, tank, or Bradley Fighting Vehicles and, and Abrams Tanks. And what have you got? Uh, my suitcase. <laughs> right? Yeah, crawl your way out of that one. Right? <laughs> so this is what they see coming at them, and they start to panic, and that's where we pick up the story. We're in what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Let me pause in the reading for just to let that sit. To stay as slaves and died in Egypt. Let that sink in for a second. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. That is awesome. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And if you read on, you get the Lord's response to Moses. From slavery, generational slavery, you're headed towards the promised land. And you're whining? Seriously? But think about it for just a second. You don't know much but slavery. You're told where to go. I'm pretty sure I, I would be joining them in, in what I'm saying. Because it's human nature, it's the first thing off the tongue. But it's not any deeper than that, it's just the surface. And that's what I wanna focus in on, is, is getting below the surface today. What amazes me about this is, even though these people are backed up against the sea and they see this coming at them, they had just seen God at work. God had never been closer or more present. If you were in Egypt and you were a slave, you had to have seen the plagues or the plague's effects. These people are just coming off your house. You're safe, and you got the blood on the doorpost. You're safe, but you can't help but hear what's going on around you. It says all of Egypt is wailing. It's like wailing and gnashing of teeth. You couldn't have missed it. It was the top feed on Pharaoh's Instagram, right? If you came out and you surfaced in the morning, you saw the devastation around you, and you had to wonder what could possibly have done this. Well, the Lord God Almighty can do this. And the Lord God Almighty can spare you. Because He did. 
you're alive, you're well. Oh, and by the way, it's time to go. They've just seen this, the Lord at work, and then they see this, and in an instant, they're like, why'd you bring us out here to die? Now, you've probably experienced that because somewhere in that trip in Disneyland, I'm pretty sure that while the kids were all excited and, and all this stuff, they said, no, nah, do we have to, like, there is no whining on this. You know how much this cost me? <laughs> and yet they, they do it, they're kids, right? This is what kids do. Where you just sit there and you, you, you pull on your tap and you got the milk and the honey right there and there's a barbecue grill right within your reach. You don't even have to get up. And the dog will bring you your favorite beverage, right? This is like a, a Super Bowl commercial. But the world is a far greater call. That's the whole point. But they, in this instant, they don't see that. And I'm going to be honest, I probably wouldn't either. I would be thinking, I hope I'm not first in line. <laughs> or I'd be trying to get to the back. Or I'd be thinking, how far can I swim? Yeah, that, these are these things, I'm just being honest. This is what I would be thinking. All right, so... Um, looking forward is a hard thing to do, but here's the, here's the big lesson that I learned out of all of this. And this is one of Satan's greatest weapons against us. Spiritual gravity. Well, think about that for a second. One of greatest, the greatest weapons that Satan has is spiritual gravity. What do I mean by that? Gravity has a, a natural, consistent pull. It's not overwhelming. I can overcome gravity. I can get up on my feet. I can walk around. I can even jump a little bit, right? But I can't ever get away from it. It's always there. It's persistent. But the reason I say spiritual gravity is this is where Satan attacks. He doesn't attack necessarily the, the physical things. If he can attack your spirit and he can have a constant pull on that spirit and he can just drag that spirit down, you get to the point where you're like, why'd you bring us out here to die, man? Bill, why are you, why are you challenging us to move? It would have been better if we'd have stayed in that rental place. I, I will credit word serve. No one has said that yet. <laughs> but I'm waiting for it, right? And I got a chapter for you. No kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Totally kidding. So this spiritual gravity is, is a, a weighty, weighty thing. I'm going to buzz through the words that I read to you because I forgot that I put them up there so that I could see them this time. It's hard to get back into the practice of being in person. It'll get better. Bear with me. But here's the thing. Um... Even in this idea of being the light of the world, where the promised land is going to offer them the place to be the light of the world, there's a built-in spiritual gravity there. And we have to be aware of it. It's not good or bad. It really got fulfilled as the promised land was intended to be. And why is that? Because of spiritual gravity. It was good enough. We settled. We settled for good enough in, in our life around us. I'm talking in my own life. If we're not careful, we will settle for hell. Spiritual gravity. If we're not careful, we'll settle for hell. And we'll call ourselves content. But we're really not. And maybe we think we are, but we're really not fulfilling the role that God has called us to as His light of the world. If you're a New Testament Christian, this call to be the light of the world has moved from just Israel to all believers and extends to us today. If we settle for something less, we will settle for hell as well. So don't settle. Don't be a victim of spiritual gravity. And in the process of that, be aware that it is out there. And it is constant. And it is a pull. 
And this sounds like really bad news, but I think maybe this is what it looks like. This, uh, for those of you who may not be able to see this at home, there's a picture of a person. There's a dock and there's an ocean. And the person is hanging on kind of by their fingernails and all these things are attached to them, which you can't read, but you can fill in the blocks. What is it that's weighing you down? Maybe you're feeling this way too. Maybe you don't even have a dock to grab onto. You're trying to tread water and do all this, and God bless you if that's you. Let me just assure you that WordServe is a place that you can hang on to until you figure it all out. Uh, we want to be there for you in that. But I would challenge you to, to label these boxes in your life today. What is it that you got, you're holding on by your fingertips to stay just above water? I'm just trying to stay above water. And let me assure you that there is a better way. This is what Satan wants you to think is your only option. Better yet, he would prefer that you don't know that there's a dock and you have to tread water with this burden. And why is that? Because spiritual gravity is Satan's greatest weapon. Think about what that would be like. That person on the dock hanging by your fingernails, you can do that for a while. That's no problem. But how about for a day? How about for two days? How about for three days? See, eventually he's going to get you. Because he's got us convinced that this is the only option that I have. I just have the, the results can be devastating, not just to us, but to the people around us, the people that we interact with, the people that we're called to be the light of the world. There is no greater catastrophe in my mind than someone who is a half covered and you got the shadows. I can't really even tell if you're awake, but all right. So here's a, a quote that I found, um, short sideline. When I graduated high school, there were a few kids that uh, gave speeches at the graduation thing, and I was one of them. It's a much more efficient, uh, efficient targeting strategy. The good news is it works both ways. See, if I'm worried about this weight and 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 this weight, if I can find one center of gravity that's positive, that's not true at all, in fact. So, said another way, if first we seek the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added as well. Our concerns about our family. If we go back to that person hanging on by their fingernails, the analogy is you can try to carry all that weight all that you want, or you could find a boat, the kingdom of God. Seek that first, and then all those things that are added onto you are in a boat. First, the boat, and all those things are added, no problem. I got a boat big enough. Got a boat called Jesus Christ. I got energy and power called the Holy Spirit. I've got a rudder because this tells me where to steer. It'll keep me clear of the rocks. It's where we end in Revelation. God's mission hasn't changed. God's destination hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is that we started listening to another voice. Maybe today's the day that we stop listening to all the lies and we find here. That's the promise that I believe. I hope you believe as well. So, what do we do with all this? Uh, first of all, we recognize that we are to be in part of a ship, but not for comfort's sake. See, this is the built-in spiritual gravity, because I think that once I get to the ship and all this stuff is added to me, I'm good. In step time. We can set sail. Uh, the, the land term would be go. 
We can set sail, so we need to plot a course. What course should we plot? Well, how about we plot a course that says I'm going to look more like Christ at the end of 2020 than when I started? I mean, if you can do that in 2020, you can, you can do anything, right? This is going to be easy after this. Plot a course to look more like Christ. As I look at all the things in my life, and I say this, this is one thing that I do. Does it help me look more like Christ? No. More like Christ. Or helping you have a witness to the world for Christ. The second thing. I don't know how many of you just naturally know how to sail. Any sailors? Okay, good. Assume that you have to come on board and know how to sail. I'm, I'm convinced that that's one of the things that keeps people out of small groups and keeps people out of church because I want to go there and look like the only landlubber. I don't know how to tie those. But here's, here would be the funny part. So how many people have sailed by themselves? Yeah, that's what I thought. Get a crew. Don't try and sail this ship by yourself. And, uh, whoever was steering was going to make the turn, he would yell out, boom, and everybody would go like this, and the boom would go, whoosh, and then you'd set back up. Well, somebody forgot to tell our cousins what that meant. So you'll find direction and focus like you've never found before. You will find a renewed energy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's driving this train, not me anymore. All I have to do is set the sail and the rest in this world. Because as I look at this world, we, we could use some light, could we not? Especially in these times. Especially in 2020. This is the time. Maybe, maybe this is the time that we were made for. Maybe. And there are people here, there are some good sailors here. And there are some people who don't know a thing about sailing. And that's okay. But what if we pledge for the rest of 2020 and the rest of our lives, for that matter, that we're going to learn to sail like pros? That we're going to set this destination, that we're going to be, become something in the journey. We're going to become the light of the world. We're going to become what Christ made us to be. So we have some options. We have some choices. But here's what I would tell you. Remember... That spiritual gravity is Satan's number one weapon. Be aware of it, but don't be afraid of it because there's something better. I would also tell you, don't settle. Don't settle for what? For my job, for my relationship? No, here's the center of gravity. Don't settle for an average faith life because if your faith life is good, your job will work out. Your relationships will work out. Your neighborhood will work out. Let me encourage you to jump on board his Majesty's ship, WordSurf. If you've not decided whether you want to be a member of this crew or not, that's okay. We'd be happy to talk to you. But I encourage you to become a part of the crew, and you too. Whether you're in Seattle, whether you're in Wyoming, Ohio, Pennsylvania, wherever you're coming, the light of the world through the power of Christ. Who's with us?